I too hope it will be a happy celebration today. (laughs) (laughs) This morning, we are in the book of Acts, where we pick up the narrative of the second of Paul's great missionary tours. This journey grew out of Paul's desire to revisit the congregations which he had established in southern Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey, during his first missionary expedition. Here we find that Paul has some new travel buddies for this trip. Our scripture passage comes from the 16th chapter of Acts, verses 6 to 10. I invite you to listen to the word of the Lord, paying special attention to where God is calling each one of us. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, They attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Are you a travel planner or a spontaneous traveler? Do you tend to make a reservation and create an itinerary for your trip? If that's your preference, you travel with intent, with a plan, structure, schedule, and Bring organization to all who are traveling with you. Vacation time for these travelers is like most things in life. It's a plan, and you work the plan. Or maybe you prefer a more flexible kind of getaway. Spontaneity is the key. No need for reservations since you probably won't use them. These travelers will do their research on the train pulling out of the station and will most likely explore unexpected side trips for the sake of creativity and fun. For spontaneous types, decisions are kind of loose. If you like to plan or are traveling with a spontaneous type, plan for flexibility and let them have their day of whatever. Who says you have to join them? As for me, I'm a math type like Pastor Nick. I like to plan things out. In our scripture passage this morning, Paul is on his second missionary journey, and he had some travel plans. Paul and Silas set out to visit the cities Paul had preached in earlier to see how the congregations were doing. This time, they set out by land rather than by sea. The Spirit told them not to go to Asia, so they turned northward. Again, they ran into another roadblock, which led Paul and his team to the harbor city of Troas. Now, Paul did have a plan. The team of traveling evangelists would go town to town, making some disciples, and then move on. It was an effective strategy on Paul's first missionary journey. Some of Paul's first influential apprentices were born into the kingdom of God during this mission, including Timothy and Luke. With experience under his belt, 
Paul would use it to continue building the kingdom and raising up others to do ministry. On the second missionary journey, Paul's plan was to repeat the strategy. Paul took Silas with him, and they began with the same strategy, traveling and evangelizing from town to town. But it didn't go as originally planned, and God sent them on a couple of detours. Can you believe that God's plan was different than theirs? This became obvious when the Holy Spirit would not allow them to go to Asia, at least not yet. The text does not tell us how Paul and his team knew that they should not go into Asia. It may have been through a dream, a vision, a gut feeling, a voice from above or on the ground, or some other circumstances we don't really know. But to know God's will can mean different things to different people. As Christians, it's always important that the plan is in line with God's word. In my life, I have found it helpful to ask a few trusted and mature Christians for their advice. Mature meaning spiritually wise. Also, what are my motives? Am I seeking to do what I want or what I think God wants? And I pray that God will open and close the doors that God desires. And I've been doing this ever since your search committee asked me to come here, praying that God will open and close the doors that God desires. Well, God closed another door for Paul on this trip. This was the second time the Holy Spirit prevented the team to follow their plan. This can be frustrating. Does anybody here ever get discouraged? I know I do sometimes. At the very least, Paul must have been wondering where to go. After all, Paul and his team are on a journey to spread the gospel. But then, during the night, Paul was given a vision, and it was a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, saying, Come over and help us. In this vision, Paul was given a definite direction, and he and his team boarded a ship to Macedonia. Come over and help us. That was the vision. And they did. Like Paul, if we pay attention and listen, the Holy Spirit will guide us to the right places and also guide us away from the wrong places and also with whom. In verse 10, we find an important pronoun, and it's a clue that someone joined the journey. In the previous verses, the author uses the pronoun they, describing the activities of the missionary team. But in verse 10, the pronoun is changed to we. Here, the we indicates that Luke, the author of the Gospel of Luke and Acts, joined Paul and Silas and their team on this missionary journey. Maybe Paul needed a doctor, who knows? As part of the team, Luke became an eyewitness and wrote the rest of the book of Acts firsthand. This is a wonderful passage to reflect upon God's will and the movement of the Holy Spirit in Paul's life, his team, and in the life of this church's ministry, as well as my own. God's plans were apparently greater than what Paul originally planned. When the door opened, the missionary team set sail to Macedonia which is northern Greece today. 
Philippi was the key city there, and Paul founded a church during this visit with a prominent businesswoman as a leader. The vision of the man of Macedonia given to Paul led to the spread of the gospel throughout Europe. Thankfully, Paul was led by the Spirit and obeyed God's will. Fifty years ago, on the night before he died, Dr. Martin Luther King delivered his I've Been to the Mountaintop speech in Memphis. We remember his birthday on Tuesday, January 15th. He said at the very end of his speech, Well, I don't know what will happen now. Like anybody, I would like to have a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. Dr. King had big dreams and big plans. And he just wanted to do God's will. It's about doing what God wants us to do and where God wants us to go. And also about knowing where God does not want us to go and what God does not want us to do. God's will and the leading of the Spirit and hopes and dreams are for all of us. Maybe Dr. King's mountaintop experience was seeing the face of Christ in the lives of people in a broken and hurting world. Come over and help us. It was a vision from God that led Paul to Macedonia to share the gospel with the rest of the world. So what dreams and plans shall we pray for as we allow God to lead our church? And how shall we possibly discern God's voice amidst the noise in the 21st century? There are a lot of distractions and a lot of noise everywhere. How then shall we hear that still, small voice? Presbyterian minister and writer Frederick Beekner offers some advice. The kind of work God usually calls you to is the kind of work you need most to do and that the world most needs to have done. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Let me say that again. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. According to Beekner, this process of discernment involves both a look inward and a look outward. What are your deepest desires? And how is this deep gladness discerned? It's not just what you want. It's who you are as a person and as a church and who you are created to be. It's the hidden hunger of your life. If Beekner is right, this requires us to pay attention to our lives on the mountaintop and in the valleys. What are the moments of happy tears? What are the moments of surprised laughter? These moments are telling and reveal something about ourselves and what God wants. But to look inward is not enough. 
We must look outward and look around. We live in a broken and hurting world and we must live into the needs of today. As I wrestled with our text this morning, God's movement in my life did not go unnoticed as the Spirit has gotten my attention in the last few months. It started with a phone call, which was unexpected. In early June, Patrick called to ask if I would preach at his installation service. I said, why not? My youngest daughter would love to go to the beach. When we visited, this congregation warmly welcomed us with open arms. A few weeks later, I discovered that the congregational care position was opened, but I wasn't looking. I also read something about the growing population of iguanas in Fort Lauderdale, so I definitely wasn't interested. But I couldn't stop thinking about this congregation and the warmth I experienced when I was here. I began to visualize a new ministry setting and doing ministry here, imagining myself serving in the parish after a wonderful season of ministry and hospital chaplaincy. In the days and weeks following my visit to Fort Lauderdale, the Holy Spirit has nudged me towards the church and even First Presbyterian. I was so impressed with the APNC. Your search committee even has a young adult representative. They asked me a lot of really good questions and made me think even more deeply as to why I was called to this church. Today, at the 11 o'clock service, we ordain and install a new class of elders and deacons who, along with the current elders and deacons and pastoral team, are already dreaming and visioning for First Press. Each one of us has God-given gifts and the deep hunger for Christ, whether we acknowledge it or not. And we need only to turn on the evening news and turn down the sound. Look at the pictures of need, suffering, pain, and places calling for help. Come over and help us. Cry after cry, need after need. Come over and help us. Together, let us continue to pray for the guidance and direction given by the Spirit. If God is calling us to do something, God will open the doors. It's about dreaming and hoping and listening and following the Spirit to the places God wants us to go. As a congregation journeying together, we can commit to use our voices to praise God, to speak on behalf of the least of these, and to fight for justice. Together, we will love our neighbors in Fort Lauderdale and beyond. Together, we will strive for spiritual growth, growing deeper in our faith, sharing stories, and learning from one another. Together, we will continue to care for the sick, the dying, the grieving, and the lonely here at First Press and outside our walls. Together, as generations have done, we will teach our children and our children's children, sharing the old, old stories of Jesus and all the new ways the Spirit moves and changes in the world. Together, we will share meals with the hungry and form new relationships and enjoy fellowship along the way. Together, we will plant seeds for transformation in and around this place and beyond. 
let it be. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen.